Hey, gang, welcome to Ask the Expert. I'm Ross Brand. This is the show where we take your questions for an expert in one of the fields that we like to look at. And today, we're kind of doing something different, right? We usually talk about business. We talk about live streaming. We talk about social media, HR, um, entrepreneurial subjects. And today, well, Valentine's Day is coming up. So we're going to talk about love, sex, and relationships with Hillary Silver. Hillary is a love and relationship expert, therapist, and licensed clinical social worker who provides coaching, couples counseling, individual relationship therapy, marriage therapy, dating coaching, and more. She's also a media personality who's been featured in plenty of big media places, Cosmopolitan, Men's Fitness, Women's Health, Fox News, Martha Stewart Weddings, just to name a few. And she's a part of our live streaming podcasting community, hosting Hot, Healthy, and Happily Ever After podcast. And she live streams her shows on Facebook Live Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Welcome, Hillary Silver. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Ross. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you. And so Ask the Expert is the a monthly show that we do that really it's all about the questions that people are watching are asking. I hope they're not too bashful to ask some questions about this subject. But uh, just to get started, I, I want to ask you about the kind of a little bit about the podcasting and live streaming, and then we'll get to the, the good stuff. Uh, <laughs> how did you get into, you know, doing a podcast and doing live streaming? Did you have a, a background in, in broadcasting of any kind? Not at all. No, actually. So I've been a therapist in private practice since 2003. And I always felt like my, my sweet spot was in the privacy of my office working with one person at a time. But, you know, 13 years in, I started to just get this itch to, to share my message on a bigger stage because I was saying the same thing over and over and over one person at a time. So I just really was just Right when I found Periscope, I was actually just feeling at the, at the peak of that need. And, and Periscope just really scratched that itch for me. It was like giving me a microphone and putting me on stage. And I just started talking. I didn't even know what I was doing on that first Periscope, but I was immediately addicted. And I started, um, started broadcasting on Periscope every single day, every single day from that very first moment um, for about nine months straight sometimes two shows a day. And then I had a show on Parachute TV weekly for a while. Um, and I loved it. And then Facebook came out and I switched over to Facebook Live more. And then um, I started my podcast about, I want to say six months ago, just as another vehicle to get the message out. So um, that's that. That's well, my story with your story streaming. It sounds a little familiar to Leslie Nance's story, actually, that you she got on and just didn't really know what to talk about the first time and then just kept going. And both of you have developed like these unique niches for yourself where it's like you're doing live streaming, but you're talking about a specific subject area where people need help outside of what many people are talking about, which is business and marketing and social media and, and that kind of thing. And are, are there a lot of people doing live streaming in, in, in the area that, that you're working in, in the love relationship, dating, sex area? Or are you like one of the few that are, are really doing it? Well, I think I was one of the first 
but I'm sure there are more now and I don't know everybody. <laughs> um, I definitely don't know everybody, but it's definitely more rare. I mean, it's hard to, for some people, it's not hard for me, but for a lot of people, it's hard to get up there and talk about sex and to talk about private things. And I, you know, on my podcast, my format pretty much is I share a story right off the bat. And most of the time they're my own stories to demonstrate what it is that I'm teaching. And I just feel like this is information that we all need and we never get it. We don't get it in school. We don't get it anywhere. Our parents don't teach us about sex and they don't tell us how to teach us how to communicate properly and, you know, how to promote trust in your relationships. So I just feel like it's my duty. I have a, I have a very lucrative, successful business doing this. And so for me, sharing my information on podcast and live streaming is my way of giving back. I don't really push my business a whole lot. I get right. it, but that's not, I, I'm, I'm not, a, I don't see myself as an online marketer. I don't. So I'm not there for that. As you mentioned, you talk about your, your life some, um, how is it being in a relationship and having somebody else wonder, are you going to put their information? Like how does your husband handle it? And I don't know whether you have kids or not, but if you do, how do you either shield it from them or explain it to them? Or how do you deal with navigating, you know, the people in your life and how they may or may not feel about, you know, you discussing sex publicly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really talk about, you know, our sex life, you know, in detail, but I do tell right. certain stories. But that's a very good question about privacy. And I'm very delicate about that because it's not just my story that I'm telling. And I do have kids, they're six and nine. And, um, and so I'm just really intentional and thoughtful and mindful about what I'm sharing because it's not just my stuff that I'm sharing. Though I tell my husband, I always make him look like the good guy. Even though I'm the expert, I mess it up all the time, and I always make him look like the good guy. And usually he is, so <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> right, right. So um, what what would you say when you look at you know the issues that people bring to you in, in your practice? What would you say are like some of the main themes that you see over and over again that, that couples are having? Yeah, so with. it's usually a community. Yeah, it's, I would say the main two issues are communication issues and conflict issues, or their sex and intimacy type issues um, that they want to work on. So communication being we fight about the same thing over and over, or we just can't communicate, or, you know, I just don't feel like my partner gets me, or, I mean, I can go on and on, but those are the common complaints. And then, you know, sex and intimacy. We're not having any sex. We stopped having sex. One doesn't want it. One does. Mismatched desire is a, is a, one of the most common sex problems that couples have. I did a three-part series on my podcast about the top sex problems that couples have. So y'all can check that out. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, or, or you know, infidelity and, and affairs and um, a lot of trust type issues. And that all comes down to also just being honest um, with what you think and feel and need and want at any given moment in your relationship and how honest are you actually being and asking for what you need. Um, yeah. So why do people who spend so much time together have trouble communicating about things and often, <laughs> Ooh, fight, good often fight about the same things over and over again, which I imagine isn't really about what they're fighting about. It's a code to not discuss something deeper, right? Or 
Exactly, exactly. Maybe you could do my job. So yeah, I think that, that conflict is scary for a lot of people. And we don't, like I said earlier, we don't really, we don't learn how to do this. We're not taught how to, to do this. And it's so scary that we avoid it and we distract from it. And, um, and so we don't really know how to work through an issue to get to the other side of it. And so if you're not going to address the issue all the way through, it's just going to keep coming back again and again. Um, you know, couples fight about addition the sink, but that is absolutely not what is going on. It's often a power struggle, right? Or something else. So that's why, I mean, I don't know, living with somebody day in and day out, um, why would you want to rock the boat? It's right. easier just to pretend it's not there, but it's not, but that's what people think. And do you find that, um, when you look at couples, do you think that couples who say live together before they get married do better once they get married or couples who didn't live together? Or is that kind of not really a factor in, in knowing how well things are going to work? I think you should always taste test first. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you need to know what you're getting into. And so I don't think that, um, I mean, I just think that you need, I, I just am a huge proponent of living together first. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if I do say so, sex before marriage, please do it. <laughs> <laughs> I see there's no taboos on this show whatsoever. No, and I'm, no fair, I'm not holding back my opinions either. <laughs> okay. So um, why is it, I mean, I've seen couples who say either live together or dated for like forever, right? 10 years or something. And they were always getting along great. And then they get married and a year later they hate each other or they're miserable or everything's changed. What, why does that happen? And what is happening when that happens? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, you know, well, if they haven't, if they weren't living together, then that's probably the reason. But if they were living together and they were together for a while, I think that um, maybe it's about perception about how things are supposed to be or should be. And so they're blindsided by reality you know, or something has happened um, that is forcing an issue that they were in denial about before. And sometimes it's because we want the idea of the relationship. So we're willing to look past red flags. And then once we're in that relationship, the reality is unbearable. It's just, you know, for some women who really, really, really want kids and they're getting up there in age, they feel this crunch. And so they're willing to overlook certain things to have this mate who can give them kids. And then, you know, 10 years in, they're like, I don't need you anymore. You're not. Never, like, never really liked you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I hate to laugh about it because it's really painful for the people that are in it, but it is true. Right. Right. And, so we'd love to get your questions here. This is this is Ask the Expert. We'd love your questions. If you'd like, throw throw some questions in the chat, and we will bring them up for Hillary to answer. Um, now, going to dating, you also work with singles and people who are alone, who are looking to date. What do you think um, is the big are the biggest issues holding back people who are single from either finding someone or making what they get into work or whatever it is like why what do you what do they come to you with their with their biggest challenges 
Well, what they come to me for mm-hmm. and what is actually really happening is not always the same thing. Um, they think all the good ones are taken or they just can't find the right guy or um, things like that. And and I think that, thank you, Jackie. I think that a lot of times um, people have a hard time finding their ideal mate, A, because they don't really know themselves really well, or B, because they don't feel worthy of the love that it is that they want. And so those kind of subconscious um things are happening that they're actually getting in their own way of, of having what it is that they want. What are some of the ways that they get in their own way? Oh, they pick people to date that are unavailable. You know, I have a new, a new person just called um, to work with me and she says, well, my last boyfriend was out of state and you know, uh, that's a perfect example. Dating somebody long distance right from the get go. That's never going to work. If neither one of you are ever going to move, you, it just doesn't work. Or people who are in another relationship and it's an affair situation, that's picking somebody that's unavailable. Picking people that don't treat you the way you know you deserve to be treated and staying with them um, is a self-worth issue. So those are the two big things that I see. And I think that there's a lot of um, pretending to be somebody that you're not or making somebody else be who you want them to be instead of seeing mm-hmm. them for who they are that really gets things all wonky and messed up. How do you think online dating, whether it's, you know, the the sites that are more serious about matching people and the ones that are more uh, <laughs> first impressions, right? Whether it's like a match.com or it's a Tinder or any of those different sites. How do you think that they impact, um, how people are dating now versus maybe how they dated before online dating came along. It's almost like there's too many options for some people. And it's like, okay, this, this didn't go well on, uh, on a date. So the heck with it. I can just swipe right, right. and find somebody else. Exactly. It's like a very consumeristic way of dating. And, you know, um, somebody, we were talking about this yesterday on my show uh, and somebody called it overstock dating. And it's because there's just this overabundance of inventory at your disposal. And so you find one thing wrong with somebody, you just move on to the next instead of really taking the time to get to know somebody. And, you know, not everything is a deal breaker. You know, some things just aren't deal breakers, but we're quick to throw people off to the side and look for somebody else who might be perfect, perfect, you know, or the grass is greener. Maybe this person is good, but could I do better is, is a mentality that online dating has really brought in. <laughs> and, do you think, <laughs> and do you think that, you know, because online dating starts with messaging and then emailing and then maybe phone calls and sometimes can take a while till you actually meet the person that you're almost setting yourself up for unrealistic expectations? Because if you think that you are, might be interested in the person, then there's this sort of like your mind fills in the gaps, right? <laughs> and so it fills in the gaps with what you hope. And then you meet the person. And I find it's a lot harder than when you meet somebody first and then you go out on a date because then you you already have sort of pre-screened each other, right? So you know that there's an interest where when you are you do online dating, it's sort of like you meet people uh, after you've sort of established some sort of connection that's based around nothing right it's based around a few texts and things like that 
Well, and do you like that or do you not like that? No, I mean, I would prefer to meet the person first and know who the, you know, but yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that what happens is, is people spend too much time in the online space getting <laughs> connecting. And so it creates this false intimacy and, and you're sharing way too much too soon. Things about past relationships or, or, you know, growing his, your family history when you were growing up and you're sharing all this stuff before you even meet. And, and then you meet and A, you maybe don't have chemistry with each other. So you feel this connection that's weird. Or you, you might be interested in them, but you feel like you know them better than you, than you should because all of that information should be shared more organically at a, at a more organic pace. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Now, is there a way to predict, like, that you could predict? You said I noticed on your your website you do like um, pre premarital counseling before people get married. How yeah. do you? I don't know. Have you? Can you predict like whether a relationship's likely to work out or what issues that people need to solve, or is it really hard to tell what's going to happen when people take the next step? to move forward and get married? I can't predict if they're going to work out because people always surprise me, but I can tell within minutes what it is that they need to work on. I've just been doing it long enough that I can like swipe, you know, Oh, I just read, <laughs> I read <laughs> Busley's comment and hit and said, swipe. I can tell pretty much within minutes what it is that, um, that their issues are and, and help them figure out what, what that is that they need to get through before, um, they'll be successful in a long-term relationship, for right. sure. Right. And and obviously, you help a lot of couples make positive changes and repair things in their relationship, or become closer, or reestablish the spark. Do you also have to sometimes tell a couple this isn't going to work, or or is that never the answer? Well, it's not my decision to make, mm -hmm. but I am an opinionated. I am. I am. I don't withhold. Um, and, but, but the only time that I say that is when I really, really don't see the love. And mm -hmm. the last time that I, that I said that to a couple who was just full of hatefulness towards one another, I didn't see the love. There had never really been a lot of love. Like I didn't, even, I just finally said, I don't know what you guys are fighting for. Like, I don't see what you're trying so hard to save here. They left and came back a changed couple. <laughs> <laughs> they took that and they turned it around. Common so enemy. It's just not. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it just raised the intensity in the room a little bit and gave them something really serious to think about. I would never tell people unless there's violence going on that they need to leave each other. Mm -hmm. um, that's not my decision to make, but I do give them my opinion and, and information. So thanks to everybody for joining us. We're talking with Hillary Silver. She's a love, sex, and relationship expert. The show is called Ask the Expert. We'd love to get your questions. I'm Ross Brand from LivestreamUniverse.com, and I see a lot of great people in the chat. William Slace is here. Jamie Lynn Cox, Alfredo Degolo, B is here. Leslie Nance is here. Vote go to kitchens.com. Vote go the number two kitchens.com for Periscoper of the Year. Brad is here. Jackie is here. Um, I saw Jen Nelson earlier, Carlos Phoenix. Great to see everybody. Terry Johnson. Um, it's been fun live streaming today. 
because this is, I've been snowed in, so <laughs> I've been <laughs> online more than usual today. Um, so we'd love to take your questions if you have them. Um, what's something you've learned uh, from the people that you work with that you've now been able to maybe apply in your own life or your own relationship that you wouldn't have known had you not been counseling other people? Wow. Ross, you are lots of good questions. Um, let me think if I can come up with something specific, but in general, I leave my office or my, you know, my day at the end of every day feeling more grateful for what I have. And, um, it reminds me that, that relationships and, um, life even is fragile and that I need to value it and be happy with what I have and to take good care of what I have because I see people in such crisis mode and I see them um, struggling. Um, and, you know, sometimes it is easier to see things in other people than it is in ourselves. And so when I see couples that resemble the personality styles that my husband and I have and they're in a bad spot, it just reminds me, oops, I have to, I have to work hard. I just have to keep working at my relationship every day. So it's really taught me to value what I have and it's um, not to take it for granted and that I need to continue to do the work every day. We all need to do the work for our relationships every day. So I don't have nothing specific really, but right. yeah. When you talked about um, people who are single often need to know themselves better so that they can then find are there certain personality styles that maybe don't really work well together or as you know and identify who you are, how does that impact who you should be? Maybe it'd be a good idea to be looking for versus, you know, somebody that you're more likely to clash with or, you know, even if things are good in the beginning, it's like not really a good long term match, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think we're usually we are attracted to people who are different than us. So opposites attract for sure. And it, and that what what that does at first feels so so good. And then later on, those things become super annoying. However, I know I could not be in a relationship with somebody who has the same personality style as me, we would be at battle all the time. <laughs> you know, so um, I think that we often complement each other, you know, so that the opposites. So when they, when that, when our, I'm not saying this very well, but when we're with somebody who is the opposite of us in many ways, it can be so, so frustrating, but we have to learn to see that as a positive and to, and to shift into seeing that as that we're, we complement each other because if we had two passive people together, they would never talk about anything and it would be like, they would never, stay connected. And if we had two really assertive kind of dominating type people, they would fight for airspace and, you know, it would just wouldn't work. Um, and so really I find that, and this is a new relationship persona quiz actually that I just came up with and it's going to go live on Monday to find out what your relationship persona is, um, where one person is more outspoken, enthusiastic and dominant and assertive and knows what they want and is not afraid just to put it out there and conflict doesn't bother them as much. And then the other side of that is the more pleasing, conflict avoidant um, person who just wants to be liked and wants everybody to be happy. Those two usually come together really well. 
But if it's not taken care of and not balanced and, and nurtured, then we're in trouble. So it's really about watching the, t the natural tendencies for each person and what they do and making sure that it's like an ebb and flow. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a question, Jamie Lynn Clark. Uh, Jamie Lynn Cox has a question. What are some ways to keep a marriage special between spouses so that they just don't get caught up in being parents together? Oh, Janie, good question. Um, so, you know, when you have young kids, especially when they're young, it's easy to just put your marriage on the back burner. But actually, when you have young kids, taking care of your marriage is even more important because you have the stakeholders now in this marriage working. And so it just means that you have to be more intentional about carving out time for each other. You have to do the work. Um, and the work is knowing what it is that you need and asking for it in a very direct and concrete way um, with each other. And, and again, it is just about carving out time where you're not just mom and dad or roommates. Right, right. And isn't that like parents who are in a healthy, loving relationship and involved with each other in a caring way, probably the best environment for kids to grow up in anyway, right? Yeah, of course it is. And it's good for them to see that mom and dad want to get away. Right. <laughs> we all need a break from each other. So I think that's, it's good modeling for right. sure. Right, right. So what kind of things are you working on? You mentioned you have this quiz coming. Is that something that's um, publicly available? Is that something that you have to pay for? Is that something? Oh, yeah. It's just a lead. It's, it's just a new um, opt-in on my okay. website. So it'll be on my website, but I'll probably post it on my social media too. It's just a fun way to identify how you're showing up in your relationships. And then, um, and then it'll follow up with a video where I'm teaching my method of how to have a healthy relationship. Um, but I'm doing so many other fun things right now. So um, that's just one tiny little thing that I'm working on. I'm actually um, working on launching in, in June will be the very beginning of my women's group, which is Hot, Healthy, Happy for Women. Um, and so, and I'm speaking at the Women Empower Expo in DC um, the week of, the weekend of Memorial Weekend. Um, and then I'm going to be seeing you at yes. in Jersey. City at CreatorCon, speaking um, at the CreatorCon conference. That'll be really fun. Um, what else am I doing? My Facebook Live show weekly that I just started. That I, I was having the hardest time committing to. Right. You know, you're like, you have to get me your submissions by Saturday. I was like, yeah, <laughs> screw it. I don't know when I'm going live. <laughs> so, so what's it like? I mean, is it working for you having like a specific time each week? I need to do that because I need to feel more organized. My goal for 2017 was to be a better planner and have more overall strategy about why I'm doing things um, and to be a better planner. And so far, so good. So far, so good. Do you get questions off air that people want you to answer on the show who may not be like clients or customers or, you know, people who are coming to you for, for help? Um, but they listen to the podcast or watch the show and they, they don't necessarily feel that, okay, they want to ask a question in a forum like this, but they might send you an email and like hope you address it in the show. Does that happen? Do. Or? It does happen. And I, at the end of all my podcasts, I always tell people how they can submit their questions. And so it's hillarysilver.com slash submissions. And that's where you can go and 
um, and ask me a question that, that I can answer either on my Facebook Live or on uh, my podcast. And I'm going to be making a Periscope comeback, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on, you know, I said I was on for nine months straight and then I just had to quit. And I'm going to tell the story of why I had to quit. I had to quit to save my marriage. And I will tell, I'm telling that story on Monday on my Periscope channel. And um, I'm thinking about maybe two times a week I'll be showing up again on Periscope. Interesting. So, yeah. uh, Janie Lynn Cox has another question. I don't know why I can't pronounce Janie Lynn Cox. That's a simple enough name. My husband and I have a date night this Friday. My question is, um, is it okay to or healthy to set no discussion rules, like don't talk about the kids, no work, et cetera? Is that, is that a good idea to set rules like that, or what do you think? Um, periscope overload on the marriage. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, Janie, I, I would say it's kind of nice to take a break from being, um, to, from talking about the kids when you're on a date night, but at the same time, being able to get away from your kids and talk about them is still a bonding experience. And I don't like telling, I don't like when I hear couples say, we have a, an agreement or a rule that we don't talk about X, Y, Z. So, you know, if you feel like talking about something that happened with your daughter that was a great, great experience for you and you want to share it with your husband because you haven't had time to, then on your date is the perfect time to do that. So I would say whatever you want to talk about. Right, right. Nothing that's going to cause a fight, though. Don't mm -hmm. get in a fight on your date. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about things that, people shouldn't do things that can go wrong, whatever. What are some of the things from the couples that you've seen who are successful? Like what are a few keys that people can kind of measure their own relationships against and know, okay, if we're doing these things, chances are we're more likely to be successful. So maybe we should look to do those things or incorporate those things or. Yeah. So, um, I, so my whole model of teaching people, whether, you know, individuals or couples about how to stay happy for the long term is to make sure that there's room for two people in the relationship. Um, so you can do date night and you can make time for each other and you can schedule your sex and and all that stuff. But we want to be watching the issue of power in your relationship. And if one person overpowers the other always gets what they want, you know, bullies the other one, even in subtle ways, it's just going to not work. And so couples that really navigate um, the dynamic where both people have a full representation and are fully represented in their relationship is are the couples that are going to last. I know it doesn't sound like a sexy answer, but it's true. No, that's good advice. And and what are the the danger signs that you see uh, among couples? Um, when they can't talk about certain things, when they're not having sex anymore, um, when they're not able to talk about anything without it turning into a fight. Um, I'm sure there's more, but I would say they're in trouble when when people start to not share who they are or ask for what they need or, um, you know, resentment kicks in. 
resentment I call the silent killer. So this, mm. you know, it just kills everything good. So really you've got to air your grievances and you've got to represent yourself in the relationship and ask for what you need and tell your partner how you're feeling and show up. It's when one right. person just kind of rolls over and gives up and does what they're told and they're not, they're not, they just, they've checked out. <laughs> right, really? Right. <laughs> and and that's like not good. It's like one person is in the front seat doing all the driving and the other one is in the back seat. Right. Um, right. Just kind of going along for the ride and, and then both end up lonely and not happy. And that's when affairs happen. So Marissa Calderon says, Happy wife, happy life works for us. <laughs> LOL. Uh-huh. <laughs> not good. That's not good. Not good. You don't want your husband to acquiesce to you. You want him to show up, right? Scheduling sex was weird. Uh, oh, good, Janie. I'm glad. I'm reading the comments. Sorry. Yeah, so her comments about scheduling sex sounded weird, but um, it works for people. Yeah. I think that when you know sex is coming, you actually give yourself time to prepare so you can get your to-do list done. You give your, you mentally know that you're going to slow down and relax, you know, and, and be open to the experience and you're more likely to enjoy it. And you can, I just did my Facebook show yesterday on this, how to turn yourself on, um, you know, coming into the experience with your lover ready to go already a little bit warmed up. It's always nice. Very good. Carlos Phoenix says, I like surprises. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, what are the biggest um, challenges you see for singles um, when it comes to Valentine's day? I always like to say, you don't really want to start a new relationship the week before Valentine's day. Cause that's kind of awkward, awkward, right? <laughs> right. Like what do you, you go on a date and then like, are you supposed to, <laughs> are you supposed to, react but uh what what do you think about valentine's day for people who are dating how long should they be dating until like it's okay to make something special out of valentine's day and how long like how short is too soon (laughs) that's such a funny i had a lot of um like pr people wanting me to like do tips for valentine's day and to be honest i just wasn't that inspired i'm not inspired by this holiday Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a household where my dad and mom weren't really affectionate with each other and they bickered a lot and they just weren't very demonstrative of of loving each other. They must have. I know they did, but they just weren't very nice to each other. And so on Valentine's Day, my dad would, and mom would always give each other cards that would say things like, I know I don't show it all the time, but I do love you. And so I just kind of feel like Valentine's Day, if you're only being loving or expressing yourself on Valentine's Day, you're in trouble. Valentine's Day should be the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. And every day needs to be a day where you're showing up actually and expressing to your partner in one way or another that you are grateful for them and that you care about them and that you love them. And so when you're dating, clearly you're not loving somebody, but you can acknowledge the awkwardness of Valentine's Day and that can, that's just authentic. That's just like, that's just being real, right? We just met and it's Valentine's Day. That's weird. <laughs> right, right, right. We're talking with Hillary Silver. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Ask Hillary Silver. And the website is HillarySilver.com. 
Is that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's I'm not sorry, a quiz. I thought you were reading it. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. no, no. I do the whole show off the top of my head. So. <laughs> You're good, Ross. You're so good. Remember. So, um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to ask you. Okay. So, when couples are dating, right? How long before you think, say, moving in together is appropriate? Do you see like certain milestones in terms of like how long it's appropriate to, or what what point do you start thinking about moving in together? How long before you should ask somebody to marry? I I had a friend who asked somebody to marry that that he met her like four days before, and he asked to marry after four days. Now they didn't end up getting married for like a year and all that, but. That's that was like the quickest I've ever <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah, of. so you know, I, I everybody's gonna do it what the way they want it, and um, you know, when I was twenty seven, just turning twenty eight is when I met my husband, and mm -hmm. he moved in like six months afterwards. But then we lived together for six years, wow. um, and he moved out once, and he came back in. <laughs> <laughs> So everybody has to do it differently, but I will say that you really don't know each other until you've been together for like a year and you'd, you would like to see each other for two years before you really make that marital commitment, right? You don't know somebody until you really know them. And right. we do not let people see each, us right away. It takes time. So you think like six months at least to move in together and then two years before you should think about getting married well, or I would I would not recommend doing what I did. We got lucky right, that right. it ended up working out. So I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say move in in six months. I would right. definitely not recommend that. We just like I said, we were one of the lucky few that it actually worked out. I would say after dating somebody for six months, you're just now starting to get to know them a little bit. Am I still? What's happening? 
off and on. I don't know what to do if I should just hang out for another minute. Hey, yeah. I'm back. Yay! Hey, thanks for hanging in, everybody. We had actually had this problem last Thursday. No, it wasn't a problem on Monday. So, um, but anyway, um, back. we're back. I don't know what the question I was asking you is. I don't know if you remember, but I don't remember. We would love to take questions if you have questions. Um, thanks for hanging in, everybody. Um, we could also talk about live streaming, too. I mean, that's okay. what I'll be talking I'm going to be on the panel about live streaming and small business at CreatorCon, actually. Oh, um, cool. And it's one of the things that I like helping my women entrepreneurs um, learn how to do. Uh, so I'm happy to take those types of questions, too. Okay. So we'll take love, sex, and relationship questions, dating questions, marriage questions, but also questions about live streaming as we do on pretty much every other show that I host. Uh, if you'd like to get into live streaming, that, that would be great. Um, how do you find that live streaming fits into your, your schedule? Like, do you find it something that um, takes a lot of energy that you need to kind of like disengage from work for a few minutes? Do you find like you're able to just go on and then go right back to another appointment? How do you kind of make it work in your, in your busy day? Yeah, well, I don't, it doesn't take much time for me because I can just come up with a topic on the fly really easily. I know my content inside and out, and sometimes I have a hard time picking what I'm going to talk about because I have so many things that I want to talk about, which is why my goal was for this year was to get organized <laughs> and to be a better planner. So um, back when I was periscoping every single day, um, I was going on around 10 a.m. Mountain Time, and that would give me time to work out in the morning after I took the kids to school and then get to work um, by 11. Uh, and so I work between 11 and 5 my, or my uh, client hours um, twice a week. And then all the rest of the week I'm doing my social media. So um, wow. it fits in because, I, I mean, I don't know. I do a podcast. It takes on Fridays. I record my podcast, and that takes about – 40 minutes and then I do my Facebook show on Wednesday and I'm on for 30 minutes. It literally takes me a minute to think about what I want to say. Right. Yeah. So, so we're talking with Hillary Silver. She's a love and relationship expert therapist, licensed clinical social worker. She works with couples, singles, people who are going to get married, people who've been married, people who are getting divorced, people who need help with dating, relationships. Um, she's also a media personality, cosmopolitan, men's fitness, women's health, Fox News, Martha Stewart weddings, and she hosts the Hot, Healthy, and Happily Ever After podcast, live streams, or shows on Facebook Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And we're so glad to have her here on Ask the expert and her Twitter handle is ask Hillary silver. And that's also her Instagram account as well. The website is Hillary silver.com. Yeah. Okay, and Periscope. So ask Hillary silver is pretty much 
my, it's my business, yeah, it's my business page on Facebook and my Periscope handle too. Yep. Great. And it all had to be asked Hillary Silver because some other Hillary Silver out there in the world got it before I did on Facebook. So it's kind of unique though, right? I mean, it kind of, <laughs> do you like it or you wish it was, you just had the Hillary Silver? <laughs> I like it, but it would have been easier, right? To just have Hillary Silver, but that's okay. Right. I got the domain. I <laughs> got the domain. That's the big one. I, I had I had Rossbrand.com for a while. And then one year I figured, okay, I'm not doing anything with it. I'll let it go. And it went from like twelve ninety nine a year or something to like thousands and now it's like sixty two thousand or something the last Because time they did. know maybe they know you. Right, right. So I figure dot net will be fine, dot live will be fine. Dot live, yeah. <laughs> yep. Janie says yeah. ask Hillary Silver is better. So she likes that for your She for should your know. Time. Janie y'all is is does my Instagram and without her I wouldn't have Instagram. So if anybody's wow. needing help making their Instagram account look beautiful, Janie's the girl. Janie's She's the man. <laughs> She's, She's the man. The woman. Girl. woman, man, girl, woman, <laughs> boy, man, girl. Uh, so you do, you do Periscope. Um, you do Facebook Live. Did you, did you do much with Blab or any other of the the talk show platforms? Are you mostly always solo, um, or do you have guests? Do you do interviews yourself? So I never did Blab. I think, I mean, I never hosted anything on Blab. I popped in on a conversation a time or two and I hated it. I was, I, I was not a fan. I so did not like Blab. I, I, I was, I just was like too many people talking in the room and I would get bored. <laughs> like if I'm bored, then the listeners must be bored. And I did. I was not a fan of Blab. I interview people on my podcast, so um, I'm always looking for people who are doing amazing things in the world. But my show is about putting shining a spotlight behind the scenes on their relationships. So um, I just so I've got so I've had Nicole Walters. I've had Joel Com. Um, I just interviewed Lisa Stedman. I'm gonna have. Um, um, Sunny, Sunny Leonard Doozy is going to be on my show next week. I mean, I'm recording her next week. So what right. I like to do is give people a, a chance to connect with their audience as a real human being and to share their lessons learned in life and love. Um, so that's what I do. And most people get more vulnerable on my show than they've ever done before <laughs> on an interview. I just, there's something about being a therapist and the questions that I ask. That you know how to press the buttons to get them yeah. talking. <laughs> I do. So my I, interviews are usually fun. Do you think that um so you record the podcast separately? You don't do a live stream with the podcast. The podcast is strictly an audio broadcast. It's strictly audio. Um at some point I may let go of the audio and just use my Facebook Live and then strip the sound, but right now I'm doing both. Do you think that just doing on an audio podcast when you get guests on, the fact that they're not conscious of a camera maybe helps them open up a little bit more? Could be. Yeah. And I actually, I like, I like it. I did. It was hard to get used to at first. I actually had a media coach who was helping me so that I could get really good at it. Um, and then I'm, I'm big on telling stories because that's how we learn. So I usually start right. off with my strong opinion about something and then I tell a story about it. And then I teach people 
the lessons and, and leave people with tips and, and answer questions at the end. When I was doing my my series on sex, the biggest sex problems couples have, I actually did one of those shows live on Periscope at the same time. And I took their questions on Periscope. So that was fun. And I could do that. It was a little distracting, but it's fun. So you're planning to get back to Periscope soon, but not there yet. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, um, we'll see. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard. I used to have so many people on my Periscope shows and then, so coming back might be a little bit like eating humble pie a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> get over myself. <laughs> nah, they'll come back you'll, or, or you'll have a new community, right? Of people yeah. who found you on, on other platforms. This is a great question. So I, I want to bring this in. Um, just visited your Instagram, says Kevin. Uh, for the first time, can you share who is doing your photography and how did you decide on the formatted posts is such a good example of business pages? Thank you, Kevin. I love that feedback. It's really nice of you to say. So um, if you scroll all the way down, you'll see what my Instagram used to look like when I was doing it by myself and not really putting a lot of intention in it. I was just snap pictures here and there of my family and me and working out and food. It was very random and not pretty. And so I, I started working with Janie, who's here. I think she's still here. And together, we just came up with the look and feel that I wanted. And, um, and it was a process. We worked through it together. And now what we do is um, every third post is a graphic that is just a quote. And a lot of them are my own. And some of them she pulls from funny places. And every, every like fifth one is gonna, is supposed to be funny. And then um, the photography, actually Janie pulls down from different sites on the internet and uses filters to make them look the, the way we want them to look so that they have a consistent theme. And Janie is a rock star because she, I just give her the topic for the week based on what I'm talking about on Facebook or on, on my podcast. And she does this for me. So I, I really, that means so much to me, Kevin, that you're uh, that you're saying that about my page. And Janie, I hope that you're still here and you're taking that in because it's all you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really does. Thank you for that great question. It really does fit together thematically. Like the pictures of you blend in with the pictures of the couples. And there's like a certain color or or like you said, I, I can't really explain it. I don't know the, the artistic lingo and all that. Um, but I've, I've started to think about, okay, what, what should I do with my Instagram accounts, you know, to make more use of them than just, okay, I'm going to put up a picture here and there, or promote an event or promote a show or whatever. And how can I make it something that, that really captures more people's attention? And, and so it's really an art doing it, it doing is, a good, good Instagram. One of the reasons that I didn't embrace it earlier was because I just thought it would be really hard for somebody like me to have an account when what I do isn't tangibles. Um, <clears throat> so that's why it was kind of a disaster <laughs> before I found Janie and where we just kind of decided what this is going to be. And I do hope to integrate more pictures of me and my family and, and you know, make it even more personable. But I do forget <laughs> big biceps. <laughs> oh, funny. Um, yeah, so I, I, I just, you know, it's, it's Instagram's tough. It does. It is a slow growing platform for me, at least. Um, 
And it looks so, like you don't have video incorporated here too. I'm just actually looking at your page. Um, unlike when I'm using Wirecast, I can't bring it up uh, on the screen here. But it looks like there's a picture of you speaking at a at an event, uh, or rather, video of you speaking at an event, um, and other some other videos. But I like um, the pictures. Kind of tell the intangible story, right? Like they kind of yeah. tell things. And then you have like. Uh, different quotes i wanted to find this one you had that i kind of liked um or i thought was funny <laughs> at least <laughs> where is it it was about how like marry the person who makes you feel when you see them or something like you feel when you, you order food at your favorite restaurant and see it come yes. or something like yeah. that sorry i yeah. can't find the exact one on there but <laughs> oh that was a good one yeah janie found that one um it made me laugh too. I mean, it's a surprise every day I wake up and I'm like, what's my post going to be today? Um, so I love that I can do that. Where is that one? That was fun. I'll see if I can find it. I was just looking for it too. There it is. There it is. Uh, marry the one who gives you the same feeling you get when you see food coming in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that's a great that's a great note to wrap it up on. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. Um, I'm sure we'll continue the conversation at CreatorCon Live, and we'll do some more collaborating as well as the the months go on. But it is really a blast having you on. And everybody can find Hillary at Ask Hillary Silver on Instagram and Twitter. Her web her website easy for me to say is HillarySilver.com. And the podcast, tell everybody where they can find find your podcast. So on the HillarySilver.com slash podcasts with an S on the end, podcasts, plural, okay. is the page on my website where you can find all the, the episodes. And so you can pick whichever one you want to listen to. But they are on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. But if you go to my website, you'll find which episode, you know, which one you might want to watch first. Cool. So. This is so fun. I'm totally going to have you on my podcast. Will you come on my podcast? I'd love to. As Good. long as you as long as I can pre-approve the questions to know that we don't get into anything. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I will never agree to that. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'll still do it. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, good. All right. So uh, we will be back on Monday with an episode of Livestream Stars. It'll be a mystery guest Monday night. Um, the guest that we had planned is not going to be able to make it, so just stay tuned. We're working on a couple of people who may be of uh, special interest as we get close to Summit Live. So um, as soon as I have that confirmed, we'll let you know. Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern for Livestream Stars and everything else. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Universe. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks, Rob.